chariot coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot coming for to carry me home. I looked over Jordan and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. Land of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Few mentally, for I do. Coming for to carry me home. Just tell my friends that I'm coming to. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Coming for to carry me home. Always such a blessing. See all those little, I wouldn't, i tell you what, I just, I don't know what it'd be like not to have our young people. Be, it'd, be, it'd be sad, I'll tell you. We thank God for our young people. And that's not all of our young people. And just pray the Lord continue to bless this little, this little church. Listen, it's so good, it's so good. Uh, to bring these children up and teaching them how how to worship. There's too many churches today that want to put the children just just stuck stick them over somewhere out of the way. But listen, there's there's one way to teach these young people how to how to take our place in a day yet coming, and they got to do it by learning the early in age, early in their life, what it really means to just sing praises unto the Lord. And we do thank God for for each and every one of them. Tonight I'd like to go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians in chapter 1. Philippians in chapter 1. As we continue our lessons on the study of the book of Philippians, we're going to be looking at verse 12 down through verse 30. This is our second lesson on the book of Philippians. Pray tonight will be a blessing to God's people. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. We'll read down through the rest of the, the chapter. He said, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren... In the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation. And that, that word salvation there is a Greek word that was translated to salvation. It means um, my deliverance, my, my defense. And that's what this actual word is. And that's what it means. It's soterra. And it means a, 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 a relief from slavery. An imprisonment. That's, that's what the word here is actually mean. It's not in the spiritual sense where the man 
uh, where, where Paul was speaking of his soul being saved, but being saved from his bondage and from his, uh, for, from his afflictions. So remember that, you know, sometimes we look at these words and, and that's, how, that's how these different denominations come up with different ways of salvation. Uh, this, is a, this is one of those instances where uh, many people will preach that, well, see, that proves you got to work for salvation or in order to get salvation. But that's, the word here is totally misinterpreted when, when you do that because the word salvation here is simply meant for his, for his deliverance from where he was at. That's the way the word is to be used. It says again, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. You see, the Apostle Paul, as he looked at this situation, it didn't matter to him as long as God was getting the glory. It didn't matter whether he lived or whether he died. God was to be glorified in everything. Verse 21, the Bible says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming unto you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. In other words, make your, make your life an example that proves that you're saved and you are a child of the King. Only let your conversation or your life, your, your practice, your walk be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. I want to bring a message tonight. God's providence working through the saints. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you, dear God, for placing us in this church. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless this church. Lord, I pray that you will enlighten her with the truth, that she will always stand by the Word of God that was once delivered to the saints of men of old as they were directed by the Holy Spirit of God. Father, I pray that we will never depart from the truth, but that we will truly continue to walk according to thy will in good pleasure. Now, Father, I pray that you'll be with the saints of God here tonight. No doubt there are many, even tonight, that are gathered here who have suffered through persecution who have suffered through intolerance of, of co-workers or, or men of old. But Lord, we know that all things work together for our good to them that love Thee. Lord, I pray that You'll bless. May Your name be glorified. May Your name be lifted up. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, His sake that I pray. And amen.
Emmanuel to our visiting friends as we open up this message tonight and simply read the words written by the Apostle Paul, one has only to pay attention to those things fitly spoken and come to an understanding that yes, indeed, God works in us and through us to accomplish His will for the sake of all humanity around us and His glory. Oftentimes we look at the circumstances of our lives and often enough we wonder, why is our life so? Why did this or that happen to me? Why is God punishing me in this way? Or what's it all for? Now, I'll be honest with you. As I wrote this down, it was easy for me to write down because these are the thoughts that I have had in my, in my life and in my time of past. Why, Lord, is all this going on? Why have you allowed this or that to happen in my life? But I want you to pay close attention to the Apostle Paul's way of thinking. And it will do us all much good. There is a good reason why God wanted the narrative of the life of Job even to be placed in His Holy Word, the Bible. And that was to relay to us, His children, that He is in charge that He is in control of our lives, that He is the reason why that we exist today. Listen, I want you to know today that God is in control of our lives and not we ourselves. You know, oftentimes I've heard men say, well, I have done this. Yeah, it sounds like the rich young farmer <laughs> As he looked around and he looked at all his goods, he said, look what I have done. Well, I've gained so much, I'm going to have to build new barns. And it wasn't long that night when God said, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all these things be? So as we look at these thoughts and and, and we think about what sometimes people think or how they talk or what they say. You know, I've had many men to look me in the eye and say, I have pulled myself up with my own bootstraps. I'll have you to know something. It was God that gave you the strength to bend over to pull up those bootstraps as well. Oftentimes we don't even think about our day-to-day -day life and, and what goes on in our lives. We don't even really recognize the thought that, that it is God who has worked in us all through the day. Many times we ignore that very fact. But Paul is wanting us tonight to realize something here. He wants your, he wants your undivided attention because, listen, things that happen to us, they may, at the moment, they may be bad. They may seem uh, uh, egregious and, and hurtful and harmful. But as you look back now, you look back where you came from. You look back at what God brought you out of. You see what God had done in that work. In that time of your loneliness, in that time of your hurting, in that time of your loss and your grief, look back and see what God done for you as He brought you up out of that and as He put your feet upon a, a solid foundation. So tonight as we begin this study, I want to first of all uh, uh, help you to realize tonight from, from verse 12 down through verse 20 uh, some very uh, important things to get a hold of. As we can all see through the scriptures that we just read, the Apostle Paul is using even his demise, his consequence of preaching the Word of God to bolster up and to encourage the saints that were there at Philippi. Listen, Philippi was a great city. Philippi was a very key city. And there was a lot of people there. And there was a lot of things going on. There's a lot of religions coming through uh, of that little place called Philippi. But I want you to know according to God's word. Listen Paul said that there were going to be troubles that come up in our lives. Oftentimes, Each and every one of us have gone through some hardships. 
We look back now and we see what God was maybe working in our lives. And well, some folks don't never get it, but listen, God is working everything out according to His will and good pleasure, and for His for His glory and our good. Romans eight twenty eight. Listen, it's not just a piece of scripture thrown in the thrown in the middle of the Word of God just to help us uh, get through the Bible. Listen, the Bible states there that all things, not just the good things. Not just the pleasant things, but the all things are the life that happens to us and through us and in us. The all things that He allows to go on in our lives is not always the pleasant things, is it? There's times when you, maybe you're down to where you're pinching your last penny. Maybe you're down to where you're wondering how in the world the bills are going to be paid. How are we going to pay these medical expenses and all these other things that are coming up in our lives? And, and you're sitting here and you're, you're praying, God, we need help. We need, we need substance. We need somehow to pay, take care of all these excess bills that we have just encountered. You look back and you're, you're sitting there and you're trying to put one and two together and it's still... Is coming up a negative number instead of a three. Listen, I want you to know something. Been there and done that. And each and every one of us has surely, uh, uh, we've not, any of us had, had something handed to us on a golden platter, have they? Seems like everything that we have gotten in our lives, we have worked for. And do you realize that everything that we have worked for, God has empowered us to, and give us strength to do those things. But you know, right when you think that you're you're at your the end of the rope, right when you think that everything's about to implode upon you, you look up and you see what God is doing in your life. You see how God is is working a miracle in you and through you. You stop and you just look back for just a moment. Look at what He's done. And each and every one of us surely can stop for just a moment and look and see where God has done a miraculous work in our lives to enable us to get through the hardship or the heartache that we were going through at the time. That's what Paul encountered. Many times in the Word of God, as you look at Paul's life, Paul, Paul was a man who, uh, who, had, who had seen many, many and much adversity. He had seen men turn against him. He had seen he had seen a, a, a people in the churches that he had that he had started up and got going. He saw some of those had had turned back and and it was a hurtful thing and it was a hard thing and there were some that would even stand against him. But you know what? As you look back, you see how God got him through those things. Troubles and trials are always going to be a part of the Christian's life. So in Philippians chapter 1 verse 12 through 18, you see those things. They began to come to pass in our lives. But I go back to the book of Romans as I just spoke on this for just a moment. In Romans in chapter 8, the Bible states here in verse 28, and I know that this is a verse of scripture that's often misused and and often it's misinterpreted, but notice what it says here now. The Bible states this. And Paul speaking to the Christians that were at Rome there. He was speaking to these group of people that were maybe going through some really hard times. He says in verse 28, and we know that all things, again, not just the good things, but oftentimes it's the hard times, the hardships, the, the bad things. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to His purpose. Listen, you know what that's going to do? That's going to bring God glory. You know what we're supposed to be doing upon this life once we're saved by the grace of God? We're supposed to bring God glory. God's going to get glory out of every human being that's ever been brought into this world one way or the other. 
But I would rather do it on my way to heaven. Amen. Not, not at the great white judgment throne seat of God where, where he, he still gets glory in, no, in notifying you that you have sinned and come short of his glory. God is going to get the glory. I would rather be doing it as a saint of God than somebody who is lost and on the way to a devil's hell. And we know that all things work together for good. You see what I'm saying there? A lot of times we just look at the good things and that's what God done. And we'll look at the bad things and we say that that's what the devil's done to me. But sometimes God puts those things in our lives to draw us closer to Him and to make us a greater witness for Him. In Romans 8 and, and verse 35, notice here again, the Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Listen, even the bad things that come in our lives is not going to separate us from God's love and from His complete salvation. What a joy to realize that. What, a, what an honor to know that, listen, come what may, the only thing that matters is that I'm heaven bound. Amen? Not just heaven bound, but I'm there to bring God glory through my life. Now, I'm not saying any of us are Apostle Pauls. I dare say that if something, uh, something so tragic as, uh, as some of the things that Paul faced come up in my life, you know what, I hope that I would stand and continue on and not give up and quit. But listen, I want you to know something today. That's a thing that's going on in the world today. When, when push comes to shove, a lot of Christians say, well, I don't want nothing else to do with that. That's not the life for me. But listen, you're supposed to be giving God glory. Your life is going to give God glory one way or the other. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, because even Pharaoh was, was brought upon the earth for one thing, to bring God glory. How did he do it? He'd done it in his death. What a sad situation to be. I would rather be doing it through my life. But listen, even as a saved man, and, and I was, I was uh, quoting this to Sister Patty the other day. She was, she was actually the one that brought it up. Uh, uh, Sister Smith and and uh, she said something about to the fact well I'm a winner either way you know what that's a right attitude to have I'm a winner either way if I if I if I go or if I stay listen I want you to know something I've told you a hundred times I love to sing that song I, can, I never did learn the, the body of the song I remember that little part of the course but listen, I'm a, I'm a winner either way. Regardless of what I'm going through in life, regardless of the situation in my physical health or whatever it is, my spiritual well-being, listen, know that you're a winner either way as long as you're putting God first in your life. Verse 38 and 39 of Romans 8 says, For I am persuaded. Do you remember that persuaded series that we've done with the Apostle Paul's teachings he says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, the providence of God places us as His servants in direct accordance to fulfill His ultimate will in our lives. We may look at our circumstances and ask God why. But God is making opportunities for us to be a witness in and through our troubles and our strife. What happened to the Apostle Paul and Silas in Acts 16? When they were thrown into jail, what, what, what opportunity? You say, well, how in the world is that good? Look at what happened when they throwed them into jail. Listen, they began to have a song service and a prayer meeting. And they were, the gospel had to be preached or, or taught somehow. Listen, everybody that was 
that was freed that night in the prison, every one of them stayed. All those prisoners stayed. But not only that, listen, the influence of God's Word, it brought about salvation to the jailer as well. Not just the jailer, but his whole house, the Bible says. And the Bible says they were all baptized. I'm talking about the, the jailer and his family. You see, God places us in situations that are going to bring Him the ultimate glory. There wasn't any reason why. You know, there wasn't nothing special about Paul that night except for the fact that he was God's man in God's place, in God's time, and there was going to be a miracle transpire because of the word that was spoken in that jailhouse. That's something to rejoice in. You see, God has a group of people here in which He would impart life. Much like an undercover plant who, who would penetrate and get to where they, would, they could be used for God. Now secondly, I want you to look at this. Verses 21 down through verse 26. The Apostle Paul desires that we, that we need to be there for each other in all situations. Look at Philippians 1, 21 and and 22 with me for just a moment before we move on. Philippians 1, 21 and 22. Notice what it says here now. In verse 21 and 22, the Bible says, For me to live is, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. The Apostle Paul is declaring here that we need to be there for each other. Live and do all you can for the glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, the Bible states here that whatever we do, whatever happens in our life, wherever we go, whatever we participate, make sure that it's bringing God glory. Amen. That's the, that's the ultimate goal of the Christian today. Bring God glory. Now listen, today as we look at these scriptures and we think about the things that are being said here, you know, the Bible states this back in our text in Philippians 1. Again, Philippians in chapter 1. My pages are not wanting to cooperate tonight. In verse 23, the Bible says, For I am in a strait betwixt two having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. You know what? You know, you know, some people say, when you ask them, you know, oftentimes I've heard this. Well, I'm above, when you ask them how they're doing, well, I'm above ground. I'm, I'm six feet out of the ground. That's a good thing. Well, is it better than being in heaven? Think about it. I mean, that's something to really think about and mull over, isn't it? I mean, everybody wants to. Nobody, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You know, I, I've heard it said. You know, I, I've asked that question many times. Well, how are you doing? Well, I'm above ground. Well, is that good or is that bad? You know what? This old life is kind of rough. Paul was saying, "Listen, I'm in a twist here. I, I mean, I've got, I've got a split decision in my mind: what I need to do, what I want to do." What I need to do is stay here with you all. But what I want to do, I want to be in heaven with the Lord. So it's far greater for me to die, to be with the Lord, than to be here and be with you. But yet, for God's glory and for the betterment of you, I'm here to be with you, to help you, to guide you. That's important in life. Listen, as long as God's got us here as a church family, I believe one of the greatest things that we can do is be there for each other. I'm talking about be there to encourage one another. You're going through a hardship. You're going through a hard time. Listen, we need to be there for each other. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a chore for us to, to uh, uh, let somebody know, hey, listen, I'm praying for you today. I love you. I'm praying for you. That's what a real church does, folks. When a church gets together and, and a church like ours that, 
that 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 has that common goal uh, of loving one another and and encouraging one another and bringing God glory. Listen, only good things can happen in that. Only good things can happen. Now, on the otherwise, listen. I want you to know the devil gets in the door. And he can bring all kinds of destruction to the church. That's the reason why we're to strive to be with one mind. On down in, on down here in verse 27, it talks about the fact that we need to stand fast. That we need to stand in one spirit. That we need to have one mind. That all speaks of unity. And that is how a church survives the onslaught of the devil's attacks. They have to be a unified body. You cannot be divided. You cannot have divided loyalties either. Listen, we're here tonight to bring God glory. We're not here tonight to lift up this preacher. We're not here tonight to lift up one another as far as giving glory to one another. Listen, we're here to give God glory tonight. This is His body. Amen? This is His church. And that's what we have to protect at all costs. Oftentimes you hear me pray, Lord, save the church at all cost. Well, at least the men in the prayer room hear me get they hear me say that. Save the church at all cost. You know what that means? That means if I'm about to destroy the church as a pastor, save the church at all cost. Listen, I want you I want you to know tonight that the church is that important to me. And it was that important to Paul. He cared so much about the church. He cared so much about God's people that he said, we've got to work this thing together. We've got to be that unified body. Live and do all for the glory of God. I'm going to have to move on to my last point tonight. And I want you to think about this now. In verse 27 down through verse 30, uh, the Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. He Be that which becometh. That which lifts up or bolsters the gospel of Jesus Christ. That which, is, that which encourages others. That whether I come and see you or else be absent... Whether I'm here or whether I'm gone. He says, I want to know that you're doing good. He says that I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together. That word striving there does not mean fighting and arguing. It means working together. Cooperation. Just like the builders on the wall when Nehemiah was in charge of building the wall. What happened? See, at first everybody was talking about there's just way too much rubbish here. There's way too much baggage. There's a lot of us that's got too much baggage. There's a lot of us got too much rubbish in our lives. Listen, and and and, and Nehemiah said, Listen, get about the work, get the stuff out of the way, and get on with the building of the wall. Folks, that's what we've got to do tonight. That's what we've got to do. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Having the same conflict. (laughs) Let's see if we can get this going again. Having the same conflict which you saw me and now here to be in me. Third point, come what may, hold ye the fort. Nearly 20 years ago, when this church voted to have me to fill this pulpit, I put this down here. Old tape's getting more. <clears throat> She's getting loose. But there's two things here I want you to listen to. 
that I look at every service that I come here. <clears throat> there was a man named Carly Speaks somewhere the house cricket chirping on while the trump of the archangel is sounding. Who blames it for doing so? If God had made you a house cricket and bidden you to chirp, you could not do better than to fulfill his will. As he has made you a preacher, <clears throat> you must abide in your vocation. You know how many times that I've read that? For 20 years, every service that I've come in here, I've read that and reminded myself of my calling. Even if the earth should be removed and the mountains should be cast into the midst of the sea, would that alter your duty? I trow not. Christ has sent us to preach the gospel and if our life work is not yet finished and it isn't, let us continue delivering our message under all circumstances till death shall silence us. Come fair or come foul, my comrades, hold ye the fort. That, that clause right there is very important to me. And it ought to be important to you as a member of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. Come fair or come foul, my comrades, hold ye the fort. Some men attempt to excuse their own negligence by blaming the times. What have you and I to do with the times except to serve our God in them? The times are always evil to those who are of morbid temperament. Don't quit on God, folks. Many have caused great shipwreck of their lives because when it got tough they quit on God. 1 Timothy 1, 15-20 speaks of that very thing. Some have even relinquished the doctrines of faith which was once delivered to the saints by men of old as they were taught by God. To relinquish something means to abandon. How many churches tonight have abandoned the old truths? To give something up or put it aside. How many tonight have put it aside for the sake of numbers? Today's society teach an all-inclusive gospel without any need to change one's life and the acts in this life. Many want the preacher to tone it down a little. Many want the, the preacher to change the way that he does the service. Many will compromise the truth for numbers. Some may wish to change up the way we worship to make us all feel comfortable and feel good about ourselves and be at ease. This is a sure way to make shipwreck a sound church. God's people need to do what? The very thing that it says in Philippians 1.27 Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together or working together for the faith of the gospel. Paul's greatest desire for the church was that she would do well for the glory of God. That ought to be our desire tonight. That everything that this church endeavors to do, number one, brings God glory. Listen, any time that we do something that, that puffs up man, you're asking for trouble. Because our primary goal as a church should be to bring glory to the Almighty. May we truly do that. May we strive together, work together for the glory of God. Let's all stand, please.
Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God. We thank you so much for this body and this church. Lord, I pray that you'll bless her in a great and mighty way. Father, may everything we do bring honor and glory to your name. For Father, we know that without you we're nothing. So Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless this church. Help her, dear God, to continue to grow in spirit and truth and knowledge. Just help us, dear God, to be all we can be for your honor and for your glory. Till death shall silence us. Lord, I pray that you'll bless us. Help us ever to remain faithful. Bless those who are even now lacking, Father. May you cause them to have a great desire in their heart to once again bring glory to your name as they once did. Bless us tonight, Father. Save souls and save lives. Lord, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. Amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come. Let's start at number nine. Number nine. 